Uh, it's good to be in worship together the first Sunday after Epiphany. Epi the Epiphany was this past Thursday, but we're celebrating it in worship together today. And Epiphany means the manifestation or the revealing of something. And in Western Christianity, it's celebrated on January 6th each year. We consider it the end of Christmas tide, and many countries refer to the Epiphany as Three Kings Day because it recognizes Christ's manifestation or the revealing of himself to the Gentiles when the Magi came. These kings, the Magi or wise men, were Gentiles who pursued, acknowledged, and celebrated the divinity of Christ. Side note, we don't know the specific number of wise men or magi that visited. We say three because they brought three gifts. So it might be that there were three, or there could have been more, and some showed up empty-handed, awkward. Anyway, Eastern Christianity focuses on Jesus's baptism. So we've got Western, Western Christianity that's celebrating Three Kings Day and Christ's birth, and then we have Eastern Christianity that's celebrating the baptism. So they may be celebrating different events in the life of Christ, but essentially the epiphany is the celebration of God revealing himself to the world. Our scripture today begins with a message that is crucial for us as Christians to understand, to accept, and to practice. The message is one of unity. Peter says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism or partiality, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. In the few verses preceding our sermon text, Peter has just experienced a prophetic revelation. He has a vision about God's will for the body of Christ going forward. No more separation. No more regarding yourselves more highly than others. No more you're in but you're out. God has always been in the business of drawing together those who oppose one another and breaking down the barriers that we use to separate ourselves. We know from Deuteronomy 10:17 and 2 Chronicles 19:7 that God is a just judge, showing no favoritism, no partiality, no injustice. We know from Paul's letters, in particular to the Romans and Galatians, that Gentile believers didn't have to adopt Jewish traditions like circumcision or adopting a kosher diet. They didn't have to do those things to be accepted into the community of believers. Professor of Theology Gilberto Ruiz remarks, while texts like Isaiah 56, 6 through 7, envision the inclusion of foreigners among God's people through keeping such covenant demands as Sabbath observance and offering sacrifices in the temple, for Peter, anyone may be acceptable to God without participating in cultic traditions, cultic traditions particular to Israel. All it takes is proper reverence, fear of God, and literally doing righteousness or doing justice. It clicks. Peter finally understands that a personal relationship with Christ and acceptance into the community of God is not predicated on the food someone eats or doesn't eat, the clothes they wear, their country of origin, or what have you. God's dream is a kingdom of believers who fight the urge to separate themselves and instead seek opportunities for healing 
Seek opportunities for justice. Seek opportunities for unity. Peter goes on to reinforce the inclusivity of the gospel by saying that God announced the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Lord of all. Every nation, Jews and Gentiles, saints and sinners, adults and children, Lord of all. And this would have been a politically charged statement at that time because he's saying that Jesus is here. He's above any ruler, any emperor, or otherwise. Lord of all. The healing work that can be accomplished through the simplicity of inclusivity is what the gospel is all about. Simon Peter was one of the disciples who experienced life with Jesus Christ. He was there for it. He was an eyewitness account. He shared commonality with some of the disciples, but not all of them, because Jesus invited the other to walk alongside him, to follow him, to learn from him, to be with him. And just like the disciples today, the followers were a mixed bag because the kingdom of God was designed to be beautifully diverse. The idea that all people groups belong together in community was shocking then as it seems to be now. You'd think that in 2,000 years we would have made a little more progress. And yet, we continue to work toward ways of healing the brokenness of our world because it remains broken. Jesus came to heal a myriad of wounds, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, starting long before the day of his birth. In five or six verses in this Acts passage, like 36 through 41, Peter proclaims the gospel in short form with theologically dense and significant language. In the six verses, he talks about God's message to Israel, the birth of Christ, his baptism and anointing, his ministry and doing good and healing, his death on the cross, and his resurrection. During Advent, we're celebrating the anticipation of Christ's birth and then the birth itself. And as we move through the text and into Epiphany and Ordinary Time and Lent, I want us for a few minutes to focus on the baptism and healing. Consider the external act of baptism. A physical act, it's a washing away, a cleansing, an outward purification. But truthfully, baptism is about an inward purification, the cleansing of our spirits, and the healing, and sometimes the beginning, of our spiritual lives. When John began baptizing people, they confessed their sin, they repented the sin, and they were baptized with water. From this, we can deduce that the healing work begins, it really begins when we name the sin, the brokenness. And the healing work continues when we repent or turn away from it. It's not enough to just name it. We have to turn away. It's an outward expression of an inward change. The cleansing act of baptism signifies a step toward healing and away from our brokenness, a new life in Christ. Now, we know that Christ didn't need to be baptized. We know that he didn't need purification because he was already perfect. However, Jesus asked John to baptize him as a sign of obedience. This was an obedient fulfilling of all righteousness. The Lord of all, the King of all, humbling himself and extending healing to others through the purifying gift of baptism. 
And baptism is one of the healing sacraments that we practice at Peachtree Christian Church. We do believer's baptism, and that means that we believe that individuals should make a conscious profession of faith by choosing to be baptized as they grow in their understanding of and relationship with the Trinity. Peter goes on to speak of Christ doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil. Christ heals the spiritual and the physical. He performs healings and miracles. And we know, we've, I mean, many of you have probably heard them before, right? What was the first one? Who's got it? What was the first act that he did that was a miracle? Say it. Say that again. Turn, turning, that's right, turning water into wine. He casts out demon. He walks on water. He calms a raging storm. He heals the blind. There are more documented. And these are just the ones that we know about. It may be that we feel like we don't see miracles like that anymore. And we wish we did. I would challenge that thought because it is my belief that God performs miracles all the time. All the time. I've seen healing, both physical and spiritual. That's a miracle. I've seen relationships restored and I've seen forgiveness extended that could only be considered a miracle. The birth of a child, really just the human body itself in general, is completely miraculous. These miracles, there are miracles and there is healing, but we have to remind ourselves to look for it. And if you feel like you're not seeing it, we feel like we're not seeing it, then we're called to be it. As Peter works through all that he has experienced with Christ, he speaks of Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection. We love Advent and Christmas tide and the joy that it brings, but lest we forget another part of the story that makes it completely miraculous. Virgin birth, super miraculous. But what also sets the story apart is his death and resurrection. Christ died so that we may live. Christ was wounded so that we may be healed. He commanded his disciples, Peter and the others, you and me, to preach to the people and testify, to confirm, to bear witness, to attest, to testify that all who believe will receive forgiveness through his name. We receive God's goodness through his name. We receive healing through his name. And we are commanded to share this news with the entire world. And this is what I want us to really hear today. Is everybody listening? No, you're not. She didn't even respond. Yes, Katie, we're listening. Okay. Here's what I want you to really hear today. The healing work of the Lord is not nearly finished. When God revealed himself to the world, it put into motion all the things that we need to bring his kingdom to earth. He provided all that we need to testify of his forgiveness, his goodness, his love, his healing. Brothers and sisters, parents and children, friends and enemies, we are are called by our creator to be a people of healing. Peachtree is a compassionate church and it has some of the most generous and loving people that I have ever known. And still, there is healing work to be done inside these walls and outside of these walls as well. I want us to challenge ourselves in 2023 and beyond to be a church that brings the healing message of the gospel to people. Sometimes that means pushing boundaries. Sometimes that means being a little uncomfortable. We have to push the boundaries of comfort and we have to stretch ourselves in compassion and empathy and love. 
learning and growing, and that requires change. The healing work of the Lord means that we as Christians must live into the truth that the restorative and healing work of the Lord is integrity. It's justice. It's forgiveness. Favoritism is out. Equality is in. Hate is out. Love is in. Exclusivity is out. And inclusivity is in. Because... God shows no favoritism, and everyone belongs in the kingdom of God. God bless you today.